Prepare yourself for Earthling Entertainment with your hosts, Joe and Ryan. Why, hello, and welcome to another episode of Earthling Entertainment with Joe and Ryan. I'm Joe. I'm Ryan. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. So how are you guys doing today? All right, seriously. How's, yeah. it, how's everyone out there doing? I hope you're feeling good. If you're not, you know, go find a pillow, hug it. It's It, it helps, you know, maybe cry a little in it. Go into the fetal position, hide under the desk. Your wife might ask, what are you doing? Don't worry about it. Just working shit out. That's what we all got to do. <laughs> we all got to do it. Right. So, yeah, you, yeah, take, yeah. You treat, like that? Treat I, yourself. I tried to go on a, like, a, a fun little ride there. And I don't treat know, yourself. I, I don't know where that went. But, hey, guys, here at Earthly Entertainment, we like to do a little bit of the spooky, a little bit of the creepy. So maybe some crypto, uh, you know, cryptozoology. Maybe some witches and witchcraft. Maybe, maybe some hauntings, you know. We have a segment called Ryan's Disclosure Discussion, which is all about UFOs and aliens. We're just asking questions. Just asking questions. And uh, yeah, so after that, we usually throw in a bunch of entertainment stuff. We have segments like, well, now they're dead. And unfortunately, we have one of those segments today. Got a couple of them. Where we say goodbye to people in the industry. We have uh, occasionally some movie news. Occasionally, we have some, you know, film entertainment related games. So yeah, Earthling Entertainment, man. Two sides of the coin. You know, one side entertainment, one side spooky. And uh, we definitely love the spooky here. You know, we uh, we dive into mythology, legends, you know, e- e- whether it's urban or ancient. We love that shit. So if you've got something you want to send us, please do. Uh, we had we contact us on the Facebook page yeah. would probably be the easiest way. But if you don't have Facebook or social media, uh, I believe we worked out the email address, which is uh, it should be earthling entertainment at Gmail dot com. Excellent. So very good. I'm glad that wasn't complicated. Nope. I made sure that was pretty simple. Excellent. So either that or the Facebook page. Facebook page, you'll get a response quicker. So that would I would make that your first bet unless you don't have one. We do it all except for TikTok. But I might start a TikTok. <laughs> well, I was thinking about it. I know. I know. We've been I'll, talking about that. Yeah, we might start a TikTok and uh, I might do some silly shenanigans on there if that's your thing. I want everyone to know I have nothing to do with the TikTok. So if there's anything on that TikTok that once it exists that you don't like, blame Ryan. That's right. It'll be all my fault. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So today, guys, for our spooky stuff, our first segment, uh, we're doing something fun. It's it's another. I, I don't know if I want to say it's a crypto. Right. It's not like Bigfoot. It's more of um, a, a spirit. Uh, I believe it's it's a fae. It's a fairy. It's it's Scottish folklore, if you will. It's what's known as the Kelpie. I I like I like foreign folklore because I don't know. It just seems more believable than American folklore for the most part. Like I, I'm all down. To with be fair, that's just because it's older. Exactly. There's something. I think I've said it many times on this podcast. The older stories get, I you know we we mention it all the time here. The telephone game over hundreds of years is going to make shit sound way crazier than it was, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it didn't come from something that was initially true. Yeah. Or it's all 100 percent true. Or, Which or yeah. yeah that's I'm just saying. Yeah. There might be a werewolf out there, okay, Ryan? You don't know. I'm almost certain there is. Yeah, thank you, okay? Jeez. But you are right. You know, some things, no matter how obscure, are probably based on some thread of fact that got changed over the times. And Yeah, totally. Yeah, the, so we take that <gasps> shit seriously here, and we just think it's fucking cool. 
which is actually why we're also covering a little bit of uh, it's it's uh, an, an animal who went extinct maybe a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk a little bit about that as well with the Zelo camp. Uh, it was the uh, the thylacine. The thylacine. There we go. The Tasmanian tiger. All right. So prepare for all of that fun stuff here. But we're going to start out right now with our spooky stuff. Spooky stuff. Spooky stuff. The Kelpie. A shrill neigh fills the air around you. A thick green mist envelop- <laughs> envelops you. And blurs your vision of what? the path before you. Is, envelops. It, envelops? You don't like Envelops. Hold on. Hold on. This... Oh, I almost said envelopes. <laughs> and I'm like, it that's envelopes not you. It. it mails you right out of town. <laughs> I, I, just start the paragraph over because this has got to, we got to set the mood, man. Set the mood. A thick green mist envelops you and blurs your vision of the path before you. Sorry. You only had to make it down to the water and back home with a bucketful. But now it's too late. The dangerous creature your mother and grandmother warned you about is not, within mere... Not your dad's, though. They were not worried. They didn't give a fuck. No. Within mere feet of you, they're like, that fucking idiot's gonna run into this goddamn horse getting water. I guarantee it. And you know what? I'm glad. Fuck that kid. <laughs> Little shit needs to learn. All right. You never believed it until now. Folklore and mythology are filled with tales of spirits and magical creatures, benevolent and evil alike. But perhaps none is more vengeful than the Kelpies of Scotland. A Kelpie (laughs) is a shape-changing aquatic spirit of Scottish legend. Its name may derive from the Scottish Gaelic words of Kelpich or Kolpak meaning heifer or cult. And to be clear, heifer, we are not referring to the cartoon character heifer from Rocco's Modern Life, like <laughs> like Ryan has brought up every time he's read that paragraph. I, I was can't... surprised you didn't do it now. Well, you know, I was trying to, I was trying to keep the mood, but while we're talking about heifer, I fucking love Rocco's Modern Life. Anyways. Anyways. Fucking love that show. One of the best. One of the best. Kelpies are said to haunt rivers and streams, usually in the shape of a horse. In Cornwall, England, the Kelpie is called a Shoni, potentially echoing an old pagan goddess of the sea called Sofen. Brought to the Isles by the Norse Vikings, Sofen is one of the goddesses of Frigg's handmaidens and is specifically known for her domain over affection. She watches over children and stirs up affection between two individuals, including between children and parents, people and animals, and others. She is a peacemaker and aids in relationship bonds. Her powers seem to be in a direct opposition to what the Kelpies legend states, unless, like so many other fairies and mythical creatures, The Kelpie was once a benevolent creature who was demonized by the church over time. Oh, Ryan, I I know you have a lot to say about that. I mean, you talked all the time about how the trolls were all killed by the Christians coming in to Norse mythology. Well, and and that's the thing is Christians weren't known to share. 
Well, it's kind so of funny. Like, kill you. What if we do live in a world where there was all these fantasy creatures, and literally the church, because it was so big, was just like, nope, demon, nope, monster, kill them all. Right. So what if it was like some kind of magical creature, and they're just like, well, this goes against this book that we've got to really stand by. Yeah, uh, yeah. we're look. Know. We've dug in, heels in. All right, we, we we we. This is what we do. March is coming up. We're gonna talk St. Patty's shit. I got stuff to say, but I want to save it for that one. Fair enough. But uh, all right, let me dive back in here. I'm just saying, it, it seems like the cleansing of the magical creatures, uh, through a persecution of religion, it well religious persecution. And why it's would not they religious persecution it? if the religion's the one doing the persecution, right? So right. Uh, well, the point is, a a church vendetta kills all the fairies. And, and in a modern day, why would they ever admit it? Even if they have, like, you know... <laughs> they have proof in the Vatican. That they totally but, killed unicorns yeah, like and shit. Yeah, like, we fucking killed the unicorn. Shit. I wouldn't even be surprised, though, because it would. It would... It would people would question... Every, everything, everything. Right? and and it's they like, couldn't have that. It's like we don't want to tell them, but the nails they used to put Jesus on the cross, yeah, that was unicorn hair horns. It was dude. Oh shit, unicorn Magic. horns for dude. There is and there it, is something in and, that. And it echoes through time, which is why the phenomenon of stigmata exists. Sounds like a sounds like an early Nine Inch Nail lyric, like unicorn horns, Jesus's nails. Like, I don't know why. That's that's where that took me. Yeah. But beware. Beware. These are malevolent <laughs> spirits. They're known as dicks. The <laughs> Kelpie <laughs> may appear as a tame pony beside a river. It is particularly attractive to children. That's one sexy pony. <laughs> For example, a young boy wanders by a river and spies a seemingly harmless and tame pony standing nearby. Curious, he creeps up to the pony and reaches out a cautious hand. Encouraged by the pony's response, he clumsily climbs onto the pony's back. Once there, the unsuspecting child becomes trapped by the pony's sticky magic. Ew. It is then that not, the not-so-tame pony drags him into the river to drown him and eat him. Mmm, nom 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 nom, kid. Eating children, nom nom nom. <laughs> While the horse is the most common form of the Kelpie, it is a shape-shifting spirit. It has also been known to appear in human form. A Kelpie might appear as a beautiful young woman to lure men to their death. That would work. That would work. Yeah. If you, I mean, I'm just saying, you got this naked blonde chick, you're single, you're walking around, and she's just hanging out by the river like, hey, you want to go skinny dipping? I'm just saying, most heterosexual men in that scenario would go skinny dipping. We are stupid. We would, <laughs> men would fall for it. It yeah. would happen. Mm. It could also take the form of a hairy human lying in wait. Well, there you go. Ready maybe, to maybe, jump out. Maybe and... somebody's into bears. They got that covered too, man. A spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> you hairy human lying in wait, ready to jump out at unsuspecting travelers and crush them oh, in a vice-like oh, no. grip. What the fuck? So it's like a sumo wrestler. He just comes out of nowhere. Ah! He's just like, hug! <laughs> Suplex. Like, oh no, he got me. <laughs> the fat hairy guy got me. I'm going to the water. <laughs> no. Drown, drown, drown. Num, 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 num. At least he's not like a dolphin. <gasps> I don't get the joke. Dolphins rape you in caves. <laughs> what? Yes. 
What the Dolphins fuck are, are you... rapists. What the fuck are you talking about? I've read this. Where? Next week. <laughs> Dolphin disclosure. I can, I can guarantee. <laughs> I can guarantee we are not going to do a segment about raping dolphins unless you have like some articles. <laughs> it's going to okay. happen. Moving on, the Kelpie. Most people are inclined to believe the Kelpie is a type of fairy or elemental, a guardian of ancient waterways, particularly in the British Isles and Ireland. However. It's more interesting to note water horses and creatures similar to the Kelpie are found all over Europe and were even reportedly seen in the New World. Settlers in Maryland claimed that there were Kelpies in the Chesapeake Bay and its tributaries. Okay, sure, but like those people are from Maryland. (laughs) Oh, I just lost all our viewers from Maryland, bud. Oh, well, you know, I'll... (laughs) I mean, they got, like, a population of, like, 20. You know, I'm a little disappointed with you, though, because that was not a great joke, and it could have used the hype man. That's why we do a podcast together, is you got to pay attention so you can laugh at the bad jokes, I know Ryan. nothing of Maryland. You're like, you know what? Could be a good town. Could be a good place. I'm not going to comment. I'm not going to support that uh, That Maryland is stupid. Who's Mary, and why did they name a land after her? I don't understand. Maryland. Oh. I don't understand. See, I don't get Maryland. Uh, okay, like, I, I get like most states. I you, get. You know what? You stumped me, man. I did. This is not the the turn I thought this that's, conversation well, would take. Well, that's why I had nothing to say. It's like as far it, as the naming of, of states. states are concerned. Like, yeah. I mean, because like, some of them, I imagine, like I don't know, is Dakota like an in? Is that an Indian tribe? Is that North Dakota, South Dakota? Uh, like the I, Dakota Indians, right? Yes, there but I understand the Dakotas. They are middle of nowhere folk. I don't get what Maryland's about. Like, what do you do in Maryland? Google it. I I, I might. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I have nothing to say about fucking Maryland. I don't think I've... All right, I... all right, we've gone on too long about this. The point is, settlers in Maryland thought that in the Chesapeake Bay there was Kelpie. Jesus Christ, that is not a turn I thought this would take. Their <laughs> shape-shifting abilities points <laughs> towards their affinity with the fairy folk. All mythical water creatures have this ability to change form from horse or other creature into a beautiful young maiden or strapping young man. With the mission of luring their prey ever closer. Sometimes to eat them. Sometimes to marry them. And to take them to the other world. Oh man, this fucking horse came out and just had a ring and I was... I couldn't say no. I was it, just looked into that horse's eyes and was just like, "I will marry you, horse. Take me to your watery kingdom." Off my feet, like just what? A, what? A, what? A Touched charmer. its back. Was a little sticky. Thought that was a concern. Maybe it was a whore. What? Horse. <laughs> a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Since the ancient Celts believed the other world or the afterlife. And the land of the Fae was located under the sea. It's not far-fetched to think. Under the, the sea. The with ca- the Kelpie. With the Kelpie. <laughs> was originally a psychopomp. A psychopomp being a spiritual guide that leads souls to the other side upon death. Like Caron. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, it's a, someone that ferries you to the other side. No pun intended by saying fairy. Welcome. My friend, my name is Karen. 
I have no idea what you just did. I, was it that was King Diamond? Well, I knew it was King Diamond, but what does what does that have to do with Kelpie? Because he was the ferryman who brought you. Oh, to the, the ferryman. Yeah, oh, Karen. I thought he was just. Yeah, I just. He thought... brought you to the other. That was the yeah, reason yeah, why yeah, they yeah. put gold in your eyes. No, no, no. We are one hundred percent good. I know the ferryman. I know the go- the coins in the eyes. I know that whole thing. I just could not understand the lyrics of King Diamond. I'm sorry, not my type of music. It's okay. It's <laughs> that's from like 1987. <laughs> well, damn. Actually, I think even earlier. That's off of his first album. Damn. Anyways. The uh, the legend state that the sound of a Kelpie's tail entering the water resembles thunder, and that if you are near a river and hear an unearthly scream, it could be a Kelpie warning of an upcoming storm. It is also said that a Kelpie can use their powers to summon up a flood in order to sweep a traveler into a watery grave. Yeah, apparently there's a couple Kelpies hanging out in Los Angeles and Southern California right now. But there was some good news. A Kelpie has a weak spot. It's bridle. Anyone who can get hold of a Kelpie's bridle will have command over it and any other Kelpie. A captive Kelpie is said to have strength of at least 10 horses and the stamina of many more and is highly prized. It is rumored that the McGregor clan have a Kelpie's bridle passed down through the generations and said to have come from an ancestor who took it from a Kelpie near Loch Slocked. They claim to have or had a Kelpie's bridle in their possession for at least a century or two. It's quite a long time, 200 years. A McGregor ancestor named James learned that if he could steal a Kelpie's bridle away, he'd have possession of great magical powers for a Kelpie's power lie in its bridle. Similar to how a red cap shape-shifting and magical powers were in his red cap. Yeah, Um, it's like a golden fleece situation. I was going to say, I know not of the red cap. Uh, So one day, he approached a Kelpie near Loch Ness, jumped towards it, cut its bridle, and took off running. (laughs) Apparently, as soon as the magical bridle had been pulled off of the Kelpie's neck, the Kelpie shrank into the form of an old man. Huh, you son of a bitch! God damn it! He's taking my, he's taking my bridle! Damn it! A very angry old man who chased James all the way home, trying to either coax <laughs> or son of a frighten bitch. him give me back, give me back. into returning his bridle. <laughs> I'll kick you in the neck! James refused, and for many years, the McGregors have claimed to have had the Kelpie's Bridal in their possession. Very interesting. Excellent. So, clearly, if that family is super prosperous, maybe they did. But if, like, things didn't go great for them, well, then perhaps not, because it has magical powers, right? Wouldn't you use them? I would. Yeah. I mean, but, yeah, so you're just going to, I mean, maybe for fear... There are different people in Ireland. I'm sure they just put that shit up on the mantle and just got drunk and every night. Scotland. The, Scotland, sorry. And told the same fucking story, like, over and over. Like, did I ever tell you the time that cut that shit off and ran away? <laughs> yeah, you keep telling us that story. I fucking did it. So now I sound Irish. When I would try to do Irish, I sound Scottish. I can't. I, I gotta figure out my accents. I'm terrible. According to lore... 
Here's how you catch and or defeat a bothersome Kelpie. Similar to werewolves, a, sil a silver bullet will defeat a Kelpie. An iron spear will also kill a Kelpie. If you uh, can steal a Kelpie's bridle, you will have power over it and magical powers. Magical powers. That's what I'm saying. If the McGregors are like living it up, then it's like maybe. Maybe they were. Maybe they were. Uh, salt will ward off a Kelpie and prevent its mane from turning into snakes. Separating your hand from its mane will allow you to dismount the Kelpie. Weird. Why is it weird? Why is it weird, Ryan? Out of Why nowhere, doesn't it make sense? Out of nowhere, its mane is made of snakes. <laughs> no, if you cut it, if you try to cut it off, it might turn to snakes. Oh. It says it won't turn to snakes if you get it cut off. Come on, Ryan. You need the salt. Yes. 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 All right. Well, I mean. Otherwise, it turns to snakes. It's a good thing we all got salt. Dude, I always carry salt. We around. got plenty of salt in, yeah. you know, here I, in America. They call me Mr. Dash. <laughs> they call me Mr. Clogged Arteries. A bridle made of iron slipped over the Kelpie's head will give you control over the water horse. If you want to ride a Kelpie, put something between you and its skin, else you'll get stuck. Yeah, That's right. like it's, it's, sticky. it's super sticky. It's sticky. Yeah. And the Kelpie will kidnap or drown you. Yeah, it seems like most of the cases it drowns you. Wear a bag of salt around your neck if going near a Kelpie's watery home. Keep a piece of iron on you if any myster uh, around any mysterious bodies of water or known Kelpie haunts. Yeah, just if you have random shit in your pocket, you know. Yep, they've got the Kelpie haunts on Google Maps. Oh my God, they should. Kelpie haunts. Where they're haunted by the Kelpie haunts. Uh, yeah, probably by a little stream, you know. You might, might want to go fishing, but watch out. Don't go petting horses. Sticky, icky, they're so sticky. Take you in the water and drown you, icky. Yeah. That's all I had. Yeah. We are told that once upon a time, near Peterhead, at uh, in Veruji Castle, a man stumbled across a great black horse. Realizing the beast's true nature, the man carefully threw a bridle over the horse's head, managing to capture and subdue the Kelpie. Now, under the man's command, the Kelpie was set to work, carrying stones for the building of a bridge nearby. Once the job was finished, the Kelpie was set free, and the man reminded his sons of the Kelpie's hard work and dedication. Oh, you guys, you know, you gotta remember, that Kelpie was kicking ass. You, you, you're lazy. Lazy kids. You gotta stop all this sucking. You're not as strong as a mythical horse. This Kelpie <laughs> over here. Wanna, I don't want to have the bar so high, but you are not living up to this mythical horse. I have no sons, <laughs> but I do have a horse. I let him go all that many years ago. Should have let him eat you. If ever they were to complain about a hard day's work, they had to hear about how hardworking this poor Kelpie was. That's what I'm saying. The Kelpie is even mentioned in a poem by Robert Burns. When throws dissolve the snowy horde and float the jingling icy board, then water Kelpies haunt the ford by your direction, and knighted travelers are alert to their destruction. That was cool. Yes. A common Scottish folktale 
is that of the Kelpie and the ten children. Having lured nine children onto its back, it chases after the tenth. The child strikes its nose. Its His finger becomes stuck fast. He manages to cut off his finger and escapes. The other nine children are dragged into the water, never to be seen again. See ya! See ya! The Kelpie is perhaps better understood as a... Is that the, that's the fucking story? That was a horrible, short, and sad story. <laughs> like, you fucking Frodo Baggins his finger and fucking killed nine children. Anyways. So, that just goes to show you, if you're caught in a mousetrap, cut off your fucking finger. I mean, I've always said it. I've always said it. Uh, the Kelpie is perhaps better understood as the personification of the flood itself. An animal-like or even anthropomorphic thank you on occasion version of the reverence and fear the Celts held for water rivers lakes and seas alike it seems likely that in Scotland with all of its isles and storms and restless seas the water and its spirits would be seen as largely dangerous evil even the stories of the Kelpie were perhaps especially useful in warning children away from the riverbanks and strange horses alike. All sorts of trouble could ensue if one were to enter an unknown body of water, much less on top of someone else's animal. A common identifying characteristic of the Kelpie is said to be its hooves. Hooves that are reversed when compared to those of a regular horse. Oh yeah, so it's like R. You know, the letter R in corn. Very good. They're stylistic. I like it. The band. I no. got a funny story about that <laughs> the, logo. The, come on, the band? Nothing? Yeah, I I do got something actually. Right, tell me about corn. They literally when they got signed, they they were or, you know, whatever. They got they got money to do these albums and they went to do a show and literally the promoter ran up to him like, You guys never sent us a logo and John was like, Gimme the paper and that literally that logo is what John just scribbled onto that and they literally just took that and they put that on the the flyer, Corn's team took that and made the official logo out of it. So that's literally just something. Because the whole point of yeah, it so was he they, drew it last minute. They were trying to be punk about it. They, that was literally the way he said. It. He's like, he's like, fuck you. He's like, our name's Corn. We don't care. Like they literally made it up as a joke. It was a bad joke from like a party. But you know what? It worked. And now I'm a freak on a leash, bud. Feeling like he's got no release. Very good. Very good band. All right, back to the Kelpie. Uh, when Kelpies take on a human form, they typically can be recognized by its hair. Algae and seaweed can be found amongst the dreadlocks. Do you love me? <laughs> <laughs> so old Greg is a Kelpie. Perfect. What's it doing attached to your rod, mother licker? I'm old Greg. Sorry. Most of, sorry, I couldn't stop. Most of the myths surrounding the Kelpies are tales meant to inspire terror and fear warning people off of riverbanks and locks. Only a few ever mentioned a friendly, eager-to-help Kelpie. So next time you are strolling by a pretty river or stream, be vigilant. For you may be watched from the river by a malevolent Kelpie. Malevolent Kelpie. Now He's that's a... so sticky. So no, seriously, that is good, yeah. So that's the name of a punk band, Malevolent Kelpie. Dude, I am uh, I'm about this. I like the story of the Kelpie. I love Scottish folklore. 
And yeah, you could shrug it off to, oh yeah, they were just, this is how they scare kids away from, yeah, like drowning. Because I'm sure that was a problem. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So hey, now we're getting ready for our next segment. Ryan's Disclosure Discussion. Okay, so Jeremy Corvell, the guy who speaks about all these UFOs and UAPs, has his own social media. On his social media, he posted a video. That video is of the jellyfish phenomenon, which is the UFO that was only seen through thermal imaging and is uh, otherwise invisible to the naked eye. This came out a few weeks ago, and we've talked about it on the last few episodes, and here we are again. And uh, on this one, I like this one because he kind of did some... uh, People online debunked the debunkers, the people who try to debunk this shit, and I love it. So that's why I really thought this video was important for today. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, jump in. This is Jeremy Corbell. Reading a John Keel book. It was called Operation Trojan Horse, and it talked about translucent jellyfish. It was one of the first morphologies he talked about all the way back in the day. The jellyfish UFO style that morphology has been with the ufo syndrome for a long time mm-hmm. so I, so i said okay let me look a little deeper and then you know clearly it's a three-dimensional object that's rotating and i'm glad online sleuths figured that out in two seconds and shut down idiot debunkers who have no idea what they're talking about it's a smudge um, on the screen i love that it's and then shit. we can show a clip of that how you can see it's three-dimensionally rotating Look, it's yeah. it's birds, it's planes, it's superman actually it's this bird shit. Love here. that's what you're going to get with people who just want to do that not bird poop, man. No, that's so, so this is like showing you it's not bird shit. Watch this thing rotate. I guess right, people so actually said we'll, it was bird shit we'll, on the we'll lens. We'll go back. You see? And you can see it. It's rotating, right? It's not like a bird See, that's poop. new. And so, so look, this yeah, is a stupid that's video. The it's low res, but like... But it, yeah, so that, it, it is low res, but it's it was literally someone online who, who took that video that everybody was saying was bird poop or something or whatever. Smudge on the ledge, yeah. And, and you literally, in this video, you can clearly see, even though, like, yeah, it's a dirty video, it's it's zoomed in, but you can clearly see this thing is moving. It's that's That made it even creepier. Yeah, well, there you go. So, hey, we uh, the Squid UFO update, it is actually a 3D image that is rotating in the video. That's pretty cool. I like that. That's why I wanted to incorporate that today. Just a little something from Jeremy Corbell. Just a small little update. And, uh, yeah, so we also have uh, this next story coming up. All right, so this comes to us from NDTV.com. Humans to find alien ruins soon, says ex-U.S. Army pilot who claims he spent three months on a UFO. All right, yeah, so once again, this isn't us reporting it. We're reading a story, guys. Yeah, well, you know, this is a story. Yeah, we'll see. Well, so jump, strap in and join us for this. Alex Collier, who served time as a helicopter pilot in the Army, claims he spoke to two aliens in the 1980s. Yeah, as one does. I mean, he, it was the 80s, so, you know, it just happens, man. Uh, it doesn't see. Is it weird that it does seem more believable in the eighties? Yeah, like, oh yeah, that totally happened. I saw Stranger Things. Shit went down in the eighties, <laughs> man. A former United States Army helicopter pilot who claims to have spent three months on an alien mothership has said that humans will find ancient alien ruins in the universe soon. Uh, <laughs> he's edging his bets. He's like, I'm, I'm pretty sure, man. Like, 
you know, one to 2,000 years tops. Uh, I mean, he's hedging the bets. He's yeah. hedging the bets. Uh, Alex Collier, who served time as a helicopter pilot in the Army, claims he spoke to two aliens in the 1980s. He allegedly spent time with aliens known as the Andromedans. Andromedans, so yes. From the, Andromedans. from the Andromeda uh, galaxy, I imagine. But this one, is this the Andromeda, or is this something different? It's spelled Andromedians. And this says who were called... Uh, Vesaeus and Marone. Is it Marone, the, the, the angel that talked to Joseph Smith that started Mormonism? Oh, my God. Is it? I don't know. I, I mean, dum yeah. dum 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 dum. Continue. I don't know. <laughs> he insists his encounter with the aliens was so extraordinary that he was taken onto their spaceship. There, he was forced to wear a special belt so the aliens could communicate with him over three months. Where was this belt? Like, if it was a choker, that makes sense, right? It would change his voice. But why would just a belt around his belt? You know, just a fashion thing. They're like, yeah, we can't talk to you unless you wear the belt, bro. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm Mermaid, really... Mermaid Man, he had the, the power belt. Uh, are you referring to a, a cartoon in a cartoon? Yeah. Uh, SpongeBob. There you go. Moving on. <laughs> the ex pilot claims that this strange encounter happened in the 1960s. When he was a child, he recounted that he fell asleep outside his grandfather's home while playing hide and seek, because that's what we all do. When yeah, he we woke... fell asleep by playing hide and seek, that was a bit like a rough game. He's like, I am gonna win. They've been looking for three days. They have dogs. They have the cops involved. Everyone's looking, and he's outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he woke up, he found himself in a dark room where he met Viseus and Marone. Yeah. Uh, he spent nearly three months with them on the UFO, as per his claim. I thought he met these people in the 80s, not the 60s. Yeah, he says, like, yeah, so he so he encountered them when he was a kid, too. Uh, However, so this guy's just, he's... He's a frequent he, visitor, I get it, yeah. He's got a crazy life. However, that only transpired to 18 minutes in Earth time due to the time dilation uh, or alternate dimensions. Either or. The alien duo... If he travels faster than the speed of light, then time would move faster on Earth than it does for him on a spaceship. Therefore, more time would pass, not less. Physics. <laughs> Just yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the alien duo apparently told him that humans are not alone in the universe and there are many other alien races. So many. During a talk he gave in Japan in 2007, he said, Our science tells us that there are 100 billion galaxies, but we are only looking at one dimension. According to the Andromedians, that's how I th I'm going to go ahead and say that. Sure, yeah. That's how it's written twice. I thought it was a typo at first. Andromedians. Sure, Andromedians. Yeah. There are 100 trillion galaxies, and every galaxy has life in it. We are far from being alone. Well, there's a lot of planets and galaxies. There's so many suns and solar systems. So saying each galaxy has life, I mean, yeah, yeah, statistically, that's got to be true. But, yeah, uh, but, like, are they smart like us? Are they trying to invent rockets to shoot themselves off the planet or doesn't matter it's life could be slow well, right that's what i'm saying it just could be a, yeah planet a, planet a giant sloth sloth talk sloth talk uh we are uh, the the universe is vast we are just beginning to travel space and we are going to find ruins everywhere 
He added, I once asked the Adromedians how technology, how technologically advanced we were. And they said that the United States Army is 400 years more technologically advanced than we think they are. So they've got more. Duh. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we obviously know that. I mean, they had drones in Terminator 2, like the movie. They like straight up drones that exist today. And it was like, this is fantasy. And now they're real. So I'm just saying, if someone's thinking it up, then they probably had it developed. It's terrifyingly real, actually. Yeah. Dr- drone attacks are a very scary thing we got going on now. You know what's scarier? Werewolves. I'm pretty scared <laughs> of werewolves. No, no, drones dropping werewolves. That's that would be awesome. That is a weird asylum film or some low budget film. Think about it. The U.S. government goes by. They drive like these drones that go like a low, low to the ground, and they drop off werewolves, and then werewolves storm the caves, and we get the bad guys with the num num nums. Or shit, what if we turn them into werewolves? Now we're fighting werewolf terrorists. Oh crap! It backfired, Ryan. It I backfired. I don't know. Run! What have we done? We have to give the army silver bullets. Melt down your grandma's jewelry. But, We're all fucked. But I like it. We're all fucked, Ryan. It's my favorite necklace. Werewolves. No, that's see, that's horrible. That's why we can't do zombie <laughs> warfare because that's how we kill everybody. That's true. As soon as we make a zombie virus, yeah, we would be screwed. Yeah. It's All coming. right, back to aliens, a sensible topic. Yes, uh, one last thing here. It says, uh, Viseus, one of the aliens, allegedly told Mr. Collier that humans are the only race on Earth that uses money. From that moment on... <laughs> Recipes trade sex. I don't understand what you guys are doing. You know, you want an apple, you fuck the guy who's selling apples. It's not that hard. I call it the barter system. <laughs> oh, no, the butt Ter system. The butter system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But stuff. Yep. From that moment on, <laughs> Viseus would only refer to money as paper with pictures on it, Mr. Collier said. It seems like a really catty thing for an alien to do. Oh, see, yeah. that's where I, I don't, start I don't to want think to Yeah. I don't want your paper with pictures on it. I think a bit of this guy's uh, opinions leaked into that story there. What exactly is this story? Like, what was the story? Him just ranting about some shit? I was taken by aliens, and they said our paper money was silly. And there's a lot of aliens out there. In fact, there's at least one per galaxy. I'm just saying. I can see, though, <laughs> like, where... Like, all right, let's interview this guy who's just fucking ranting in the woods. Well, think about it. We are fucked up, right? Like, like you know, like, like I imagine that money, currency, that we all have to work and do all this instead of just, like, gathering community and love and consciousness yes. and everything it just th- this this probably would seem maddening to a race that's figured all that out ryan is a communist just saying <laughs> just saying love and peace yeah no uh, i mean that's the that's the argument we always have right like they uh, the hippies back in the day were like we're the only animals that rage war fucking ants bro yeah, ants are sons of bitches <laughs> I just watched a video of, 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 like, a whole slew of ants killing a crab. It was brutal. Hey, man. Something about the hive mind is creepy. Like, it's just the <laughs> whole idea of there just being, like, one consciousness. Like, whether it's Star Trek and it's the Borg, or it's Space Bees. Or, or X. Yeah, sure. <laughs> or X. Yeah, Twitter. 
Okay, hive fair mind, enough. Hive mind. The hive mind yeah. is just a scary thing, man. Yeah, dude. No, it is social media in general. It's all hive mind scary shit. It can convince a whole country that their leader is a deity that does not poop. I'm just saying. And that's it, it's so freaking scary, dude. There's so many stories about about uh, you were just referencing North Korea, obviously. Oh, my God. I didn't say that. You said that. You're assuming. I'm not saying nothing. No one hacked me. Okay, well, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, I heard that about uh, their their gracious leader. Yes. And yes, I yes, heard yes. that when his father died, like when he went to take over, it was like mandated that the, the townsfolk had to cry for like like a week straight. And like the police were extra monitoring. Like you had to be walking around like in Full devastation, like, otherwise you get arrested. All right, it is, for one, I believe that. For two, that is screwed up, and I am not saying it's not. Just want to cover that right off the bat. But to imagine to have the fucking power to tell people to act like they're sad. Like, holy shit. Dictators, I do not think they are good. They do horrible things a lot of the times. But let's be honest. If you had the power to be a dictator, you wouldn't just be like, you know what? I'm giving up this power. Uh, let's have a democracy. Let's get a group of those 10 guys outside and just have them vote on things. I mean, the, the, that's why revolutions happen, because if you're in charge, no one's going to be like, oh, you know, and, there, and there's I think a lot it'd be of them. better if I wasn't in charge. Right. And there's a lot of them. Dudes like that, that, that there are so many dictators. Like, I don't know. I, I saw this one documentary called Dark Tourism. And, and yeah, he went to a few places that was like terrifying, dude. Well, there you go, guys. Look up dark terrorism or Tourette. Tra- tra- <laughs> dark terrorism. Dark, uh, dark tourism. Terrorism. I don't guys. even know if that thing. Don't look up dark terrorism. You'll be put on a list. That's probably a bad idea. But all right, is that it for Ryan's disclosure discussion? That's what I've got for this week. I always say, please, if you got anything, I would love to talk about it. Otherwise, I'll do some diving. I'll see what I can come up with something new next week. Uh, yeah, and we finally got the video working, so we were able yes. to share with you. Uh, that's why we did the little bit with the chandelier UFO. Is I know we talked about it the last few episodes. We're not going to bring it up again unless there's new news, yeah. but we were finally able to get the video working, so we wanted to wanted to share that. Nope, yep, and uh, we appreciate our audience for stepping along with us here as we uh, learn how to use our gadgets. But all right, guys, we have another segment. Ryan last week told you all that he wanted to talk about a... Uh, what is it? The Z- I keep wanting to say the, the thyl- thylacine. The thylacine, the Tasmanian tiger. So for those of you who don't know, much like the dodo bird, this animal existed within recent human history. So there's video of there's it. video of it. There's pictures of it. Like this isn't a mythical creature. It's not like Bigfoot, but it is extinct. Or is it? I don't know. So thylacine, get ready for thylacine chat. Yeah. Chatting thylacine. All right, here we go, guys. Scientists have shared... This comes from the Lad Bible, by the way. The Lad Bible, like L-A-D? Yeah. All right. Uh, scientists have shared ambitious way they planned on bringing the Tasmanian tiger, the thylacine, back from extinction. Oh, we're doing another Jurassic Park, guys. Scientists shared the ambitious way they planned on bringing the Tasmanian tiger back from extinction in 2022... Researchers spoke to Lad Bible as they embarked on a project to bring back the animal, which has uh, evidently been extinct. I say evidently. It's not written here, but I still they say that there are some areas out there where people really don't go. There could be small. 
I, I think I think there's probably a Tasmanian tiger out there. I mean, it's right. not it's not it's not that far fetched, and people have seen them. Like, there's no pictures, there's no videos, uh, so I guess you can say it's you know, oh yeah, some guy named Jerry said he's seen one in the woods. But I mean, it just it feels more realistic because this animal existed like 80, 90 years ago. Yeah, it says here in nineteen thirty six. That's what I'm saying. Is when they they labeled it extinct. Uh. Andrew Pask is a marsupial evolutionary biologist professor at very the, specific very at the University of Melbourne and headed up the thylacine integrated genetic restoration research. God damn, that's a mouthful. Dr. Pask received a whopping five million dollars from the Wilson Family Trust after Russell Wilson, head of the trust, became deeply invested in Pask's research after watching his YouTube videos. The scientists began exploring the possibility of de-extinction by first observing how intact museum specimens' genomes were and, to his delight, found they were in great shape. Yeah, I mean, it's not that old. It's not like we're taking the... They're, they're trying to bring back the woolly mammoth, and that's from millions of years ago, right? Uh, thousands, actually, I believe. Okay, well, still, it's a lot longer than, like, 80. I was going to say like four to 8,000 years, I want to say, is the estimate on Willies, something like that. Yeah, in my head, they're so much farther back, but no, yeah, humans Because there was one island. Them, yeah. There was like one island where like like they-, they Oh, served, yeah, I remember. Yeah, they survived this mass extinction. They said the last woolly mammoth died like while the pyramids were being constructed. So they saw aliens. Probably. Excellent. <laughs> I love it. Uh. This led to him, after finding that the genomes were in great shape, this led to him uh, resurrecting the function of a single Tasmanian tiger gene in a mouse embryo in 2005. So he's been at this for like 20 years, damn near. This guy really, he has an agenda, and it's to bring back this thing that's just going to kill Dennis. And weird little, like, (laughs) side note, I'm almost certain. Jurassic Park reference. Dennis. Oh, no, Dennis. That's a stick. The stick, stupid. I'm sorry, I missed the Dennis reference. That's all no. right. First Jurassic Park. Oh. Okay, but yeah, no. The, what were a funny video game reference? Uh, Fallout New Vegas. There was a type of creature that was based off the thylacine. It was like part thylacine, but it had like a like a like a cobra tail. I forget what it was called, but it was totally based a off the thylacine. Seam. Was that it? No, I don't fucking. I don't. Know. I, don't know. I don't. I don't remember. Uh. So, uh, previously speaking with Lad Bible, he said, it was the first time anything like this had been done, so I have always been driven by the technology to push what we can do. Then, once the technology became available to consider a project of this scope, it's been an absolute priority of my research. Dr. Pask has become extremely passionate about uh, bringing back the thylacine, which he notes was vital to balancing uh, Tasmania's ecosystem. Uh, the apex predator killed off weak animals responsible for spreading deadly diseases among the animal kingdom. Okay, so rats, I, I take it? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's cool. Uh, he said the thylacine was the only apex predator in the Tasmanian ecosystem, so no other animal was able to fill its space once it was lost. We have already seen the impacts of this in the Tasmanian devil population, which was almost wiped out by a facial tumor disease. Oh, that sucks. And what's weird about that is I literally just learned something about that is the reason they got that is because 
how they defend their territory is they just bash faces. So it just became like a weird STD of the face that they spread that way. Oh, no. It's like the retirement homes once Viagra got out there. Everyone just started getting STDs. I don't care. You can't keep smashing face, guys. Let it fall off. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Pask added that the world has already experienced the profound impacts of its extinction. However, he is confident that a well-managed reintroduction program would have huge benefits for the entire ecosystem by restoring that balance once more. Makes sense. Sure. Uh, We have an amazing ability to sequence and assemble damaged DNA fragments from museum specimens and remains, he said. We have made huge advances in stem cell biology and our ability to make animals from single cells. Yeah. He's just bragging at this point, though. <laughs> like, like, look, guys, we're awesome. We're freaking scientists. I never doubted this shit was coming. Like, when we were kids, like, they did, I mean, yeah, movies are movies, but I don't know. There was a part of me that just always saw this coming. I, I'm happy to see it in our lifetime. You know, and now I just want teleporting. Like I said, I wouldn't try teleporting for the first 20 years after it was <laughs> invented, but I would love it to exist in my lifetime. Oh, you know there's going to be screw-ups. I don't want to be the first. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, also, you know what I don't think teleporting will actually happen? How many businesses go out of business if you could teleport? So travel, all travel. So all buses, all planes. Now, what about uh, shipping? Like, Am- like, imagine Amazon getting a patent on teleportation. It, well, and that's the thing. is That would be horrifying. That That's the bummer of progression is it's fucking hard. Like, even if it's for the best. Like, that's the whole thing with getting rid of fossil fuel engines and stuff like that think of all the jobs oil change places gas stations everything like yeah i feel like gas stations they could work it out if they figure out a system like a propane tank right you go there with an empty propane tank you stick it in and then you pull out a new propane tank and and that's how you do it right you know i'll tell you what well i'm just saying if they had car batteries if it was like they they refined the technology think about fallout where they have the little like the nukem core the new core same thing you know, you go to a gas station, you fucking put, take your core out of your car, you put it on a shelf, and then the charged core is there. You take out and you put it in. You pay a single price for a core. Like, you just jump like 300 years into the future. I'm just That's saying how long it's I think possible. It'll take, it, it'll take a Well, that was just my point, is change is hard. Change it takes, is hard. It, it takes, and then people are like, they took our germs. They took our germs. <laughs> and uh, we made giant leaps forward in our ability to edit dna all these things combined make a project like this feasible today but once brought back from de-extinction founder and ceo of colossal biosciences ben lamb who is oh yeah ben yeah yeah ben totally ben's a good guy yeah love ben who doesn't (laughs) who is working on the team uh, aims to preserve the species through marsupial-focused conservation and gestational technologies. Naturally. Look at him. He's cute. Are you showing me, he's showing me a picture of a Tasmanian tiger right now. So he's it, it kind of looks like a, a little bit like a dog or a fox mixed, but the thing is it has like a long, skinny tail. It's and weird. the stripes that get the tiger name actually only go from about his shoulder blades down to his butt. It's a, it's a weird kind of... Uh, thing it looked a little bit like a chupacabra but with fur it was like it started to like 
make some kind of cat thing and then halfway through it and no maybe more like a dog like it, cat like, dog do like yes, cat, cat dog, dog. Cat dog. Do, do. alone in the world is an instinct cat dog oh yep, there you go oh uh be uh the he said colossal is working on full stage artificial wombs that can help in full ex utero development all the way from embryos. Well, see, that's sci-fi. Giant artificial wombs. I knew that was a thing. All that's right. been a thing. It's like the sixth day. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. I remember when they did that with like a sheep or whatever, and it was a big deal. Dolly. Yeah, Dolly was the first clone sheep. Yep. yep. Uh, these gestational technologies alone will be transformational for marsupial conservation. Or anything, really. Imagine the beef industry. If we just grow cows and then eat them then there's no methane from their farts we're not torturing cows because they're never actually alive i'm sure a bunch of i read it was burps i'm just saying uh, well whether it's burps or farts i think that's a (laughs) moot point ryan but i'm just saying uh you know i think a lot of animal rights activists would still have a huge problem with it i'm sure there's a lot of ethical questions that would come about but still growing meat seems like the best way to not torture animals i don't know it's it's a weird concept thinking about like 3D printed meat. I mean, kinda. It's screwed up. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying it's not. But it wouldn't be 3D printed because that would we would you would need like the protein to print the meat. What this would be would be uh, growing it straight up, like growing a, for lack of a better word, a lobotomized cow that's never awakened from its gestation point. But as soon as it's ripe, you pluck it and cook it and make some burgers and. Hmm, genetics. Yeah, see, this is where. Crisp- see, it sounds horrible. I know. Yeah, but- see, this is where CRISPR kind of makes sense because it sounds like a deep fryer CRISPR, <laughs> and that's like what they use well, to do that, all this shit. That's like- gene splicing. That's a little different. But oh, yeah. see, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Lamb added that marsupial conservation efforts would also prevent the extinction of the Tasmanian devil by creating an exo pouch, which will help the development of babies post birth. He said the Tasmanian devil gives birth to 20 or 30 joeys. However, the mother has only four nipples, so only a handful of babies survive. It's like the Hunger Games. <laughs> right. That's that's not good. That's... All right, you Tasmanian devils. Only the strong survive. There's 15 of you. Four come out. I volunteer myself for the nipple. Fuck yes. y'all. <laughs> oh man that's a rough life like we're, we're complaining right like we, we give participation ribbons to kids who don't do good in baseball tournaments but these people are like hey he died why couldn't get to the tit oh shit couldn't get to the tit the milk the milk however the thylacine isn't the only animal colossal is looking to resurrect <laughs> they also want to do a philosoraptor What could go wrong? What could go wrong? As Lamb said, his company is about four to six years away from bringing back the... Dun-dun-dun. It's going to be Mammoth. Woolly Mammoth. That's what I thought, yeah. By the summer of 2022, researchers had managed to secure over 50 mammoth genomes and sequence the entire Asian and African elephant genome. Lamb said, <laughs> Mammoth our, talk. <laughs> Mammoth talk. Lamb said, 
Our stem cell reprogramming team is working to establish Asian elephant IPSCs, or induced pluripotent stem cells, completed numerous rounds of computational hey, you wanted to talk about this, man. analysis and comparative genomics to identify and confirm the edits we are making. And we have already started making those edits in cells and testing them. Well, that's whatever he just said for him. Oh, wow. That was the last paragraph? That was the uh, last paragraph. They're like, all right, we're going to really make you stretch your legs at the really last run here. make you feel like a dumbass. Oh, yeah, that was definitely a mouthful. But um, here they come. They're coming. Yeah. I'm. Well, so you know what? Jurassic Park. Speaking of Jurassic Park, because that that's basically what we're talking about here is yes. bringing back extinct animals. It's very cool. Speaking of extinct things, what about an extinct franchise? Jurassic Park itself, uh, the last one came out, what, 2002, I think? And it was supposedly the last one, the big finale. They brought everyone back. Well, you know, it turns out, and this is a little bit of our movie news, uh, Jurassic Park, or Jurassic World, I should say, has a new film coming out, uh, July 2nd, 2025. So we're, we're, we're right back in it, bud. We're doing this. I, you- I saw that, and I was like, man, that's a long time. I hate when they tease stuff so far, but I get That's it. That's not that long. It's like a year away. It takes a long time to make a movie, man. But I'm excited. So, yeah, it makes you wonder. So, obviously, they're going to continue with the park. Well, are they? I mean, the, basically, there's no hints yet of the story. It's just kind of, we're doing another one because it made money. And if it made money, I think, you know, we should do more, despite the fact we claimed it would be the end. Yeah. So that's just one thing. Wanted to talk a little bit about Jurassic Park. Uh, actually just sent you an article, if you check that out. Yeah. Uh, the the new movie has, it looks like, uh, a release date, which is I gave, and a new director. They're, well, the director they're trying to get, I should say. All right, here we go. Uh, new Jurassic World. Uh, this comes from Variety. Uh, new Jurassic World movie gets a 2025 release date. Uh, David, uh, I'm going to like I, I don't know. What is David Like uh, in talks to direct? Apologies if I got the name wrong. Like uh, Lynch. I think Lynch? it's Lynch. Is it Lynch? Okay. But it's not David Lynch, right? It's L E I T C H. Yeah. Anyways, that's it. Uh, you don't got to read the story. That's okay. that's the whole thing. The rest of the story is fluff. They're going to talk about who he is and why they may have picked him and other things they did and blah, 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 blah. But the point is, another Jurassic Park movie coming out. Not I'm, quite a headline. I just thought we should mention it because they just I, announced that. I hope he really sticks to the guns of really trying to keep it with a lot of puppetry. Yeah, the practical effects. It's yeah. always been a big deal to me because all those films did it. Well, using practical effects helps with the close-up shots. You know what I mean? Like, the actual head of the dinosaur in the first movie, of the T-Rex, when it breaks into the car, that was like a real puppet. It felt real. It broke into the top. The kids were holding it back. And, you know, it was a very cool thing. But then when it's walking around, obviously, it's CGI. And the the marriage between the two, it I agree with you, it's always better. And uh, I just saw actually saw a cool video about uh, Jurassic uh, Park 3, which which I really enjoyed, and and it gave some. Oh like- man, that movie had so many problems. Long story short, the reason why it was as short as it was, and the reason why it seemed kind of directionless, is because it was like fifteen scripts, oh, and no. it wasn't even completing. They it wasn't even written while they were shooting it. I didn't. It was know still that. being written. It's a whole thing. But it 
I'm glad you liked it. To be honest, I liked it too. I just didn't think yeah. it was the best. But continue. No, not the best, but it was good. Uh, but no, I heard a thing about the Spinosaurus or whatever uh, that the, the the Spinodon or whatever hell it was. Yeah, called. Yeah, it, it's called Spinosaurus. Like that—that that was the most high-powered puppet they ever made because it—it it, it had to be big, but it had to move fast, even when they, without you know CGI. So a lot of times when you see that that thing whipping its head back and forth, they say that's real. Like it's going fast. Like they they put some insane hydraulics in that bitch. Well, you know, I said it had problems with the script. I didn't say there wasn't a bunch of really talented people working on it. Apparently some uh, engineers there were earning their checks. Jesus. And then the CGI guy jumped in. He was in the conversation. He was like, and then it was my job to change it from that, like you said, to marriage it into running. And And smooth it all out. And his most proud scene was the cell phone scene. Where they hear the phone and they look over and it's standing there. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, like, so in the film, uh, the, one of the satellite phones gets swallowed yeah. by, uh, well, it was in the pocket of someone who got swallowed by yeah. the, the uh, Spinosaurus, yeah. And, and and then in that scene, it, it goes from a puppet to just charging fucking hauling ass. And that, and it's a beautiful scene. I, I think they, they, I loved Jurassic Park movies. You know what's weird though is uh, I get that the Spinosaurus was kind of the star of number three. And since number three is most people don't love it, they never brought him back. But I think Jurassic World, they, why not have the Spinosaurus? You made, you made up a hybrid dinosaur that could turn invisible. Why not have the Spinosaurus back? Yeah. And, and with that one, they, they did the Giganotosaurus with the last one, it was the, the new big one, which yeah, is a real was, dino. Is it? Yeah, Giganotosaurus. All right, I got to look that up. Anyways, uh, so I'm sorry. Did you have more to say about dinosaurs? And the Indoraptor. Indoraptor. Well, that one's fake. Yeah, that one's fake. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, guys. So um, I'm sad to say we're got to do a segment we haven't done in a while. Yeah. Yeah, like this one. This one hits home. Yep. So here's another segment of... Remember that guy? Remember that gal? Well, now they're dead. All right, so for you, uh, for those of you who don't know, apparently Kobe Teeth, or Kobe, Toby Keith, Toby Keith, Keith, the country singer, passed away yesterday from cancer, uh, February 5th. Yeah, very, that very sad. He was only 62, so that's a shame. Yeah, that's that. I don't know much about his work. I know his name. I'm not a country guy, but man. That's too young. Too young to go. Dude, fuck cancer. Absolutely. And then, of course, unfortunately, we lost the very talented Mm -hmm. Carl Weathers. Uh, You know, he was 76 years old. He's the star of Apollo. He was the original Apollo Creed, you know, from the Rocky movies. Obviously, he's in the new Mandalorian. Yeah, Grief Karga. Uh, you know, he was in Happy Gilmore in 1995 with Adam oh, Sandler. Man. It's I, all oh, in the Dude, hips. I saw a video all that someone made hips. of him playing the piano, and it was like an extended version of that, of that scene, scene yeah. from, from Happy Gilmore. And he's like, hey, got my hand back. <laughs> like, oh, dude, like, oh, man. Because he was in heaven. Oh, and, dude, yeah. it, what a part he, of our lives. Well, you know, he even cameoed in Little Nicky years later, the another Adam Sandler movie, as he was in heaven and he just popped in as Chubbs, the same character who died in Happy Gilmore. And, yes. Yeah. No, yeah. I have nothing but love and respect for that man's career. Like, and then he comes back and just charms me all over again, like you said, with Grief Karga in The Mandalorian. Oof. And my heart is absolutely broken right now because 
I guarantee he would have been in the movie, which is still to be filmed. They haven't even filmed it yet. So with him passing, uh, I know you had the idea that maybe they could use, you know, some extra scenes. Maybe well, usually they shoot a lot, right? So if they just if and this is all if the estate thought that it was okay. But without CGI, you could have just a quick little scene without dialogue of him walking around his little bar that, or I should say club that he has in The Mandalorian, and then have it explode. And then he's dead and have Mando on a revenge kick like, who killed my friend? But he puts him in the movie, you know? And it's such a huge hit, in my opinion, to the franchise. He was a big deal. There was, what, at least like five main episodes like around him, and he had some of the greatest lines. He was the one with IG-88, you know, that got like the no, no, yes. Like, like, yeah, like, you know, he was that whole scene. Come on, do the wavy hand thing. Like he did that meme with Grogu doing the weird little wave. He did, he did. Like there was so much with him. There was, uh, then he became like, what, what was it? The magistrate or whatever of an entire planet? Essentially. Yeah. He's, he's the run, he got, he runs it. So that planet needs to blow up, I guess. And that episode brought us Zeb, the, the Zeb, uh, uh. The alien character from a show called Star Wars Rebels. His name is Zeb. He is a very beloved character to those who love that animated show. Uh, He was only seen once in live action in that episode of Mandalorian. And and like I said, that was a Grief Karga episode. That was an episode about his planet being bombarded by space pirates. Uh, you know what? I was just thinking that Star Wars TV shows are having trouble. Their their people are keep dying. We got the one gentleman who died from Ahsoka. Balin Skull. Yeah. Well, what's his real name? Do you I, forget, I don't know. Uh, well, I'm unfortunately, terrible. that actor died, and yep. now we have Carl Weathers. I mean, they're gonna have to either recast or do something clever, like I suggested. With Balin Skull, I could see them recasting. With Grief Karga, like I said, he's just he's so important and so iconic. I don't know if they could do it. I don't know. I, I'd argue he's definitely way less important. Like, I mean, Ahsoka, that character is has a whole story thread. He's going to go off. He's going to find the uh, the Mortis Well, that's gods. why they got to recast. So, that's what I'm saying. Point. I agree yeah. with you there. But, um, I mean, Grief already had a great story, you know. If they I'm had... just saying, if we never went back to him, it's not like it would be weird, but it's not like it's completely unheard of. I just feel like I could talk on and on because I loved his... Uh, I, I found it to be one of the things I really liked about The Mandalorian, and I love that show so freaking much. I, oh, I know you do. You and, know what other show yeah. he did? He was in Arrested Development for a few episodes. He, uh, I don't know a, anything about that show. Oh, you know what? Just remember, you got a, you got a good, you got still got some meat on that bone. You got a fine stew. I don't know the quote. He was just really funny in that show, and he always he had this great point where he kept bringing up like that he can make stew out of these old bones it was just really funny he was in predator Two, predator as well right the first one i definitely know he was in one of them i think the first one was that the one with the manly handshake the meme with him and arnold schwarzenegger doing like the most manly handshake that ever <laughs> happened in the history of mankind according to the internet i believe it could be Ryan. i'm pretty sure that was it yeah man but man uh it's a shame uh, I heard he just did like some commercial where he looked ripped still. Like he, I think he was supposed to be a. Oh yeah, he looked gun. I mean, young. I mean, he's 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 tough. I mean, you know. So, dudes, I mean, this is one of those de- celebrity deaths that hits me to where it reminds you, man. You know, tell your loved ones you love them. Hit up your mom. Hit up your dad. If anyone who's here, because. 
man, you just don't know. You could be healthy. You could be Apollo Creed and Apollo die suddenly. Creed. Yeah, it's rough. Well, you know what? One thing for sure. Carl Weathers, you will be missed. Well, man, like, dude, that's a little bit of a downer to end the episode. Well, we're not. In, okay, we, we don't have to end the episode there. We have one last thing to talk about. I don't. Okay. I, it's not. I don't want to be like this is our segment of headlines because it's really only one headline, and we're not going to read the article. We're just going to simply talk about it, which is, uh, it is confirmed that Jim Carrey will return as Doctor Robotnik in Sonic the Hedgehog three. Up until now, it has been up in the air. Uh, last year, he famously said in an interview that he thinks he might be retiring, and he feels as though he has enough and doesn't need to work anymore. So up until now, uh, like this week, it, we there was no Robotnik on IMDb. There was no talk of him returning. It has finally been confirmed. Nothing against Jim, but I don't believe anything he says anymore in, in the way that I know how he is. He's, he's in this free-spirited mind, right? Like I've seen so many crazy interviews of him where I'm like, I think he's just, you know, what's going to come out of, of him is going to come out of him. I'm sure at that moment he really truly felt, I don't see a reason. But he did say, if I see a script, that's worth it, blah, blah, you know, maybe I'll give it a shot. Well, you know, know, this one has Shadow the Hedgehog coming up, so... Which is a big deal. I know a lot of people are really into this. In the Sonic lore, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Like, this is apparently going to have his origin story, which I guess has been long sought after by the fandom. This is something that I've actually read about. It's funny you brought it up. Oh, yeah? The whole... uh, Well, I know... um, Dr. Robotnik has a female cousin who is very tied into the Shadow's origin story. So Kristen Ritter is actually going to be in this movie. We don't know who she is yet, so maybe she is a remind robot. Me, remind me who that is? Jessica Jones. Oh, dude, I love her. Yeah, well, you know what? She apparently is going to be in it. She might be a Robotnik. I mean, they haven't said what she's going to be. I'm completely speculating, but maybe she is the uh, Robotnik cousin that helps Shadow. You, you got a cameo from her. I did did for my wife because she loves Jessica Jones. Yeah. And it was awesome. I watched it. She's so awesome. Like she put like 150,000% into that video. It was so cool. Well, yeah. Very nice woman. Very nice. Um, Cool. So is that better? Is that a better way? That was, that was much lighter. Okay. Yeah. So we won't, we won't end on Carl Weathers. We'll end on Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey. What a silly goth. I've, (laughs) <laughs> freaking love him like it's insane how much i love jim carrey like love well, him love him love well him. we were the right age for him being a pinnacle part of our childhood think about it dude i uh, i was born in 86 when were you 87 88 87 yeah uh, yeah well the point is like think about all his fame was the late 80s like i think it was 88 where it was earth girls are easy i think his famous famous stuff was like 94 that. 95 like 96 it was right mid 90s we were kids it was perfect and, and and he his story is crazy because like I think he held off on Dumb and Dumber because he was demanding like uh, I'm I'm gonna throw this out my butt I think I'm close like four million and they're like no nah, we're not gonna do that and then another movie that he I think Ace Ventura came out and just skyrocketed him to stardom so then they went like, shit and he went did I say four I, I meant, meant eight fifty <laughs> no no then it, he brought it to eight and they paid him and that then he. And I believe this is a bit of a kick in the dick, but I believe this is true. I know it was much less, but I want to say it was around thirty grand. Is all that uh, his co-star Jeff Daniels made? That is definitely not true. I heard it was very, very little. It could be a lot less than. Jim's, I could be wrong. I could. I don't have the article. There is no fucking chance that that Jeff I... Daniels at that point in his career got 
that little. I heard it was I remember being shocked. You're right. I might be I might maybe I might be exaggerating here, but I I don't even think it was in six there, digits. There was a large discrepancy between the two pages. An insanely large. But All at right, the but enough. at the time, Jim was a star. You know what? I'm I I will look it up later, but uh yeah, fair enough. But all right, uh, besides watch Jim and Andy, the documentary on Netflix about Jim Carrey diving into the role of Andy Kaufman in the film Man of the Moon that came out in 1998. Bizarre. Great, great documentary, but that's pretty much all I got to say about that, so uh, I think we're done. All right, guys, so we have a fun little movie review for you. This is a, a film that came out a few years ago called American Ultra. As you know, I'm Andres Gutierrez. Hail Hydra! I'm Kyle H. Benjamin. I'm Joe Wakefield. I'm Caleb Thomas. And I noticed none of you did Hail Hydra as well. No. You know that's a problem, right? We're oh. part of a different political party. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so my first impression was I just thought it was going to be another stoner comedy, when I, honestly. But I decided to give it a shot. So. I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, it. I just saw a bunch of weed in action, so I was like, okay, I'll go. Uh, yeah, so when I first saw the, well, thought about this movie, I, I thought it'd be funny. I, um, I thought it'd be really funny. I, you know, like over the top of a Pineapple Express kind of funny. And uh, yeah, so that was my first impression. I'm taking your guys's. Um, I saw weed action on the side of a bus and I was hooked. <laughs> that was it. A uh, bus passed by me and then you told me about the trailer. And then I saw that the director was the same director as Project X, so I knew it was going to be a good time. All right, so the good for me was actually the uh, the really, really cool action. You get to see Jesse Eisenberg be a, quite a bit of a badass in this one. Um, you already know that he's got some pretty good acting chops. We've all seen him in uh, Social Network, Zombieland, Adventureland, stuff like that. Um, but Two this completely one completely different film, Zombieland and Adventureland. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, like, Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, but we we know, we know the guy's got some credentials under his belt, and it was great to see him actually, you know, once again, as in the spirit of Zombieland, he has fun, but uh, he kicks a lot of ass in this movie. He reminded, he kind of reminded me of the way he would use random objects to just kill people with it. Kind of reminded me of like a Jackie Chan movie, except Jackie Chan would just kick your ass, would kick your ass. Excuse me. But Jesse Eisenberg, he would kill you with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the good for me was uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart. They have great chemistry on camera. They did. I mean, you yeah. feel it every time you see them. I mean, they're, they're just like the cutest couple. I'd be surprised, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they were like a huge Hollywood couple in the future. Because they're just... The chemistry was there. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it got, it got you right here, right there, right here, right in there. Yeah, and they they definitely they uh they sold you on the relationship. Like I yeah. felt for these characters, I wanted them to be together because you really felt like they were truly in love. And you're just like, I hope those kids make it. And then yeah. and then you find out she's CIA, and you're like, oh shit. Ah! <laughs> that was a surprise to me because yeah, I was, I I was, half, expecting, I was expecting her to actually get capped off. In the I, movie. I really thought once she, yeah, I thought she grabbed the, the object though, yeah, like I knew no, at that I, point that's when yeah. I figured it out. But up until then, I was just like, oh, she's kind of yeah. When well, she was explaining yeah, the effects of the gas that yeah, went in, I was like, I right, immediately yeah, 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 yeah immediately was, caught that. the flashbacks yeah. too. Yeah. Like there was something going on there. So yeah, that was all within that like five minutes of reveal, and it was just the crazy thing is that she came out. I remember looking at you, and I'm just like. How the f*** 
Because she, she know, know that. that. <laughs> and I'm like, just wait for it. Yeah, right? Just wait for it. We'll see. Shh, the reveal. She's in on it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell no one. <laughs> oh, surprise, Michael Pena. <laughs> Michael Pena. <laughs> yeah, that was my, that was my impression. Yeah. I like when they go down into the basement, too. Yeah. And their faces was, are all, like, fucked yeah. up. That was the point. That was the point of the scene, is to make her look really weird and to make him But she really held her own because she, uh, yeah. yeah, she did it. She did a really good job in this. Yeah, no, she did a wonderful job. I have nothing bad to say about her. I used to hate her for no reason like everyone else, but now, I just, I believed her character. Once again, just the chemistry between her and Jesse Eisenberg. You were just like, I love those guys. Yeah, she wasn't. In this movie, she actually wasn't emotionless, which a lot of people gave her about like this That's, is her set this is her head yeah this yeah is her press. but yeah. this one she actually showed like that she, she had a very wide range in this yeah movie. she did yeah. Man. even when they're in the car like haven't we all been there and like yeah. fighting with that person yeah. in the car yeah, just yeah, like, no, like, leave me alone like it's like you just have to tell them something but they just don't want to yeah. hear it it's the hardest thing in the world yeah. you're sitting there and you're just like just let me get this out and they're like i can't deal with this right now and you're yeah. just like you feel it because we've all that shit yeah yeah it was yeah well that's another thing um the first 10 minutes of this film gave me a different idea of what their relationship was, yeah. and then it turned into something really beautiful and sweet. Because at the beginning of the film, you kind of get the feeling that they're about to break up. Yeah. Like, this is not going to go well. Like, she, and I'm, I'm sure that was the intent of this, you know, the scenes, but it just, it completely flips on you. You're like, nope, they're meant for each other. Yeah. <laughs> And then she gave up everything for him. Because yeah. she, she was actually his for handler. five years. She was supposed to just get him settled into the town and then, like, I guess, dump him over something, but she chose to stay with him. Right when her boss starts, like, yelling that at her when she gets captured, that was my favorite scene of her. Because all she did was stand there. Like a badass. She, yeah, she cried a little bit. She smiled a little bit. She looked a little sexy and whatnot. Like, it was a good 30 seconds. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Oh, uh, so, what, about, what about that when uh, the Arrested Development... Uh, Tony, the CIA Tony guy, like Topher Grace. No, no, the CIA guy, the the friend, the guy who's tall Tony and bald. Hale, oh yeah, his yeah, name yeah, is Tony Hale. Oh, Tony yeah. Hale. Tony yes, Hale. he did pretty uh, good for what little screen time he had. Ooh, I I really agree with that one because I don't know. I've only seen him in Arrested Development, and he was always the goofy kind of guy. But this time, he actually did some acting when he had to call her up and say no. I can't help you anymore, dude. Like he, you saw all the emotions. And he went through in that small screen. And there time. was like, there was like no dialogue either. No, no he yeah, got a couple phone calls and he just like stood there. Like you know, like when you're filming that, that he, they're not obviously having a real combo. Mm -hmm. Someone's on the side yelling that off, like scripty or whatnot. It's just like yelling that out. So you really have to be in that. And I think he did better than anyone else. Oh yeah, especially the scene where he has to make a choice to. Oh, with the, the laptop and whatnot. Yeah, like, oh yeah, and, and, and then, then he's like laughing or whatnot. He's like. The time he's just waiting for them to arrest. He's like, oh come on. He's like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> That's he. Uh, he was probably the person who stood out the most to me for sure. I think he did amazing, and I hope and he gets more roles for this. Yeah, because he did yeah. such a good job. And for that being a small part, he stole it. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. I also love how the movie went on, and they just got more and more up. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's what it was yeah. kind of cool, like Pineapple yeah. Express by the end of it, or like Die Hard. I was thinking yeah. they had to mix the Die Hard, where like they literally had the be now. Then by the end, they're like, all right, that has to be the greatest. Like, here we go. Oh, I love that. That had to be the greatest marriage proposal too. Yes. Like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. At he the, just at, said, at the very end, the the building behind him's on fire, and there's 
thousands of cops with guns drawn, yeah. ready to freaking kill like him. Like the lasers. And he and just gets down on one knee and proposes to her at the end. Both bloody and you're just shit. like... She said this yes. This is the best time. And then <laughs> she said yes. They're both taken. She yeah. She was just like, give can you give yeah, give us like one minute? Done, done. And uh, yeah, I love the way they ended it too. Yeah, it was great. They did, yeah, because what else could they do? Like after that movie, they you couldn't just go back to right. being a small town guy. Uh, character arc, I love yeah. it because I I don't know who said something, but the first ten minutes were really really boring to me. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is so, like, there's so much drama in their life. I don't want this drama. Yeah. And then, like, it's the band, and you watch them both really grow, and then, like, go this way and come back together, so there's a lot of, there's good story to it. Yeah, yeah. I love how they actually, he started to, I guess, tap into his abilities at will, because before it was just, like, an instinct thing. Like, if someone pointed after uh, the CIA lady muttered that whatever. The phrase, yeah. the trigger phrase. Yeah, the trigger phrase, and yeah. it's like, oh, now... Later on in the movie, he's starting to learn how to tap into that yeah. shit. So I was like, I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, and it was, it was, it's a great funny part. He's like walking around, he's like, wait a minute, that's the name of a tank. I know like 50 names of tanks. Right. When did I learn about tanks? Tanks and bombs and, bombs and guns and shit. And guns. Why do I know all of this? And then at the end, he's like, I didn't know I knew Mandarin. Yeah. Yes, I know Mandarin now. Yeah. <laughs> like, what else does he know? You know what I mean? Like, I would, if I was him, it would just be like a fun game. I'd be like, I'm going to just skydive or try this or try that and just see if I tap into this weird ability <laughs> that the government instilled in my head when I was yeah. 18. Right. Okay, well, personally, the bad for me was uh, because I just got out of a pretty serious relationship fairly recently so seeing the emotion and the drama between those two was like it I didn't want to see that because it just took me back to where it was so that was the only personal bad for me um I mean that's and pretty also, good and also yeah, I, yeah. I mean, also did a good job yeah as far as a bad if the only bad you could find is like something that it made me, you it made me feel bad that's, that's yeah, it, made me, it made me feel bad it wasn't yeah. bad but it made me feel bad and because also, the beginning really made you think that they were going to break up yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And I do agree with Kayla like the first 10 minutes were a little little slow it was, it was a little stale. slow for me it was though yeah I'm sorry man that sucks you went through that yeah but hey, the movie made you feel something, so they did their job. Yeah, yeah sure. Movie can make you feel. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't even say there's so much of a bad. It's just um, I thought it would be funnier than it was. To me, it was much more of an action movie. It was funny. It, was, it had really funny parts. But I was expecting it to be like, because the character's a stoner, I expected it to be that stoner comedy where it's like, not as far as dude wears my car, but maybe a Pineapple Express. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. not everybody has the, the spryness of uh, Seth Rogen. Unfortunately, <laughs> like, he is stoner comedy, right. I feel. Mm -hmm. right. Fair enough. But, you know, Jesse Eisenberg, he's doing, he is a really Oh, he killed, that's the thing. You got the social network, and then you got the stoner guy, and it's like, I, I believe them both. I don't think I have a bad... I really don't. I mean, I want to say bad stuff, and like, I'm not giving the movie. I'm not saying the movie is by any means perfect because it's not. It's far from a perfect movie, but what they did all worked for me. There wasn't anything in particular I would say was was bad. Well, I kind of wish they would have done is they kind of 
went in depth with the uh, experiments that they pulled off with them. Just give me a little more backstory. Like, what exactly did you do? Yeah, we didn't even see a flashback. I, mean, right. just, just like, I was hoping to it. see some training or something exactly. like that yeah, with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, like, she just talked about it. Like, okay, so what exactly did he succeed in that, that everyone else That would have made the final payoff when Bill Pullman's there. That We yeah. would have liked that scene way more because there wasn't like that. She's just like, you got it, the miracle. But we didn't feel that because we weren't taking on that exactly. journey. I know, we, we they were, were just fine. telling us a story and we're like, oh, okay. That's, well, that's Idea, though, uh, for the sequel, though, think about oh, it. If, yeah. you, if you cut the sequel with Wakes him up being a CIA, flashbacks, boom, exactly, we're done, we're happy. He's and being then, a CIA agent, going on some mission, and then you cut back to these flashbacks during his actual like training process that coincide, that like have a you know oh, they connection. Borrow, they borrow more from GSM Born with that. <laughs> but yeah, I just I just really wish that they went more into the backstory. What exactly did the CIA do to turn him into what he is? To kind of touch on that, like, why were they trying to kill him? All of a sudden, I didn't catch that. Uh, I honestly, they they suggested it. They never said, but I think Topher Grace had a relationship with Kristen Stewart way back in the academy. She was his handler. She went with him. I mean, because it just seemed like it was a jealous that boyfriend. Could be a deleted scene. Yeah, like, at they the had end, that little. Yeah, because he's just like, flirtation. oh, your stupid stoner boyfriend. Like you threw away your life. Kind of, it kind of to me yeah, felt why like he was he saying, like, why? Man. Look what I'm doing. Look what a you're jilted, doing. Jilted boyfriend who doesn't know how to let go. I guess. Yeah, I mean, and uh, you know, he's a dick and so why kill him after like five years though? Like, he can't because he just got to the point of power where he he's could. trying to leave. He's trying to leave. Remember, yeah, he he's just to like, oh, we can't have him like, leave anymore. That was his excuse. Yeah. That you know, because he had to have a. Reason. I think in a deleted right. scene though, there may have been a talk. I feel like it, it seems like a little bit clearer though. That's true yeah. though. No, that's a very good point. There, uh, his motives, while they did explain it, was just kind of brief in dialogue exactly. and could have been a little too upset for no reason. Yeah, it's just like. Yes, I can kill him now! Hooray! And I'm thinking all those bad guys that uh, he had, the assassins, what they call them? That's, yeah, what was up with that? I think, tough guys. Yeah, tough, tough guys. guys. I uh, think those were other people. I think that was just the code name for No, that was the, the code name for it. But I think those were the it's other people that Jesse name. Eisenberg yes. was trained with. Yes. yes. They're, the that, ones they're the ones that went wrong. Who lost their sh**. Yeah. yeah. Jesse Eisenberg was the part of the wise guy program. Yeah, because he he was a success. <laughs> uh, also, another personal thing for me, I kind of wish John Leguizamo's character had a little more screen time, because he was really cool. Rose. He was for, for a little. I mean, yeah. I, just well, was, I wish he would have lasted I, a little longer. I think yeah. he's a character he really wanted to play. I don't think he was a first choice or anything like that. I think really? he somehow found that character and he was like, please. Because most people with their ego, they're not going to say, just run in and shoot me. That's the director going, this is how it's going to be. Um, if you don't like it, you don't like it. Because nowadays, everyone can do what they want. Right. Ethan Hawke slept on the director's couch for The Purge. That, was, that movie was not made big budget. That was a small film that he was just like, please let me be a part of Pain and Gain. Everyone's taking pay cuts. So I think he found that role or something. He's like, I will do whatever it is that you need to be a part of it. He's just like, yeah, you're just going to get shot at the very end, and that's it. He's like, all right, I'm done. I'm well, in. John Leguizamo is known for doing small roles in really good films, because think about John Wick. He was only in, they probably had him for one day, because he was mm, only in that yeah, garage chop like, shop. like five minutes, yeah, maybe. Yeah, and that's, that was it. True. So like, good five minutes. Yeah, I'm thinking John Leguizamo. I don't know the man personally. I've never had the pleasure of working with him. But I think he's just the kind of guy who's just like, yeah, it's a good movie. It's fine. Let's do it. So, yeah, totally. Uh, this is now one of my favorite movies. I absolutely loved it. It was so good. I really want to buy it if I have money. I will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my th final thoughts were... The movie was not as funny as I thought it would be, but it was great because it had a good, uh, you know, balance. I, I really liked it. Uh, it was honestly exactly, with, with the exception of the comedy, exactly what I thought it would be. 
Like, I saw the trailers, I thought it would be a certain movie, and that's what it was. So, mission accomplished. Yeah, I, uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't think it was going to be that good. So, I loved it. I'm going to definitely get it. Yeah, it was, uh, to me, it was one of, the, one of the more entertaining movies that came out this year. Um, Kristen Stewart, uh, she really showed off some acting chops in this one. Jesse Eisberg Jesse showed off some badass chops in this one. Topher Grace, really, you really love to hate him in this one. And uh, every, everything was great, really well shot, great action. Damn you, Eric Foreman! Who? Eric Foreman is Topher Grace's character of That 70s Show. Come on, man, I know you're younger than me, but uh, come on. I forgot, All right. I'm sorry, right. I'm young. <laughs> <laughs>
are you? How are you? Yeah, yeah. Well, it seems like I've, uh, ever since COVID, mental health is kind of a big deal. So, hey, guys, if things are tough, seek out a friend. If you don't have any friends, go online because everyone will play with you on a video game even if you're ugly. Bad credit? No credit? Sorry, that's your problem, asshole. <laughs> what the hell is that? It was totally from Assy McGee. Oh, Assy McGee. All right. So for those of you who don't know, Assy McGee was an early 2000s adult swim cartoon with a cop, I believe, Boston or New York. I'm not sure. And he was literally a buttocks and the two lower legs. And that is it. And he San, held a gun. Sanchez. Sanchez. Think, uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here at Earthling Entertainment, we do a little bit of the spooky, a little bit of the creepy, a little bit of the macabre, and then we also do uh, entertainment mu- uh, muse. All right. You know, I'm just gonna start this whole thing over. Stella.